Hi there. Welcome to the Mindset Check Podcast. I'm your host, Misha McKittrick. I've decided to do something just a little bit, well, what some of you might call crazy. (laughs) I kept trying to write the outline for my first episode over and over. It wasn't coming to me. And I found myself in a lot of resistance. And one night I was laying in bed and I don't even know how the thought really came into my mind, but I started thinking about my journals, the journals that I had kept from the time that I was young and pregnant and really going through a lot. And I started thinking about those journals and I thought, you know what? Maybe I should read my journals. Maybe I should read an entry and then talk about it. And as I started thinking about that, my heart started pounding really, really hard. (laughs) And some of you I know would say, girl, that's because you're crazy. (laughs) No one does that, right? But I knew that it was a, a feeling that was there because that was the right thing for me to do. Oh my gosh. So I'm holding these journals right now. And I'm about to share with you a very deep and huge part of my life getting pregnant as a 15 year old and everything inside of that. And eventually my daughter passing away. And I'm sharing because I know that when we share our stories, there's something that is magical that happens. It helps people feel less of the things that are hurting them in life. And in some way, it actually empowers them or allows them to have breakthroughs just because you're providing space in sharing yours. I'm a real believer in sharing our stories with each other. And so I'm going to do it. The last time I read these, in fact, I don't even know if I've ever reread them. Maybe never. I might have thumbed through them. So we're talking, I don't even know, I'm 43 now, and this is when I was 15 years old. And I've really thought about this. And I decided that I'm not going to read ahead. I'm not going to read ahead and be all prepared and know exactly what I'm going to say to you or how I'm going to read these things to you. I decided that it's better for me to read the entry and then to talk with you about it so that you can see my real reaction and that I can sit in real emotion without peeking ahead and that I know that that will contribute to my story coming across more raw and vulnerable for you. And it will allow me to be completely authentic. So we're going to jump into this. (laughs) And I really, I really thought this through and thought, you know what, I know it will be valuable for you to really get to know me without wasting any time. But the bigger reason is for for you to see what happened inside of my mindset 
as I journeyed through a few really challenging years. To set the stage, I know before I even opened this because of the timing when I got this journal that I'm already pregnant in the first entry and I'm 15 years old. So let's just dive in. And after we read the first entry, I will go back in time after we read and I'll fill you in on what had happened up to this point, whatever I cover or don't cover in this this first entry. This is when I very first started writing in a journal consistently. I didn't necessarily keep a journal previous to this point in my life. And also know that the names in the story have been changed. I changed those to protect the privacy and just out of respect for some of the people in the story. And one more thing before we start, please, please remember that I was a 15 year old girl when I wrote these things. You're going to be able to tell. So please allow me some grace. Okay. March 15th, 1994. So yeah, I was 15 years old. Hi, I just received this book from my mother-in-law, Mary. It was really supposed to be an Easter present, but I got anxious. It's kind of good that I did because if I would have waited, I wouldn't be able to tell you in detail about me and my husband Jesse's new baby. Because he or she is due on March 24th, before Easter. We are planning on these names. Taylee for a girl, or Tyler Jeffrey for a boy. I can't believe I have only nine more days. I can't wait until this is over with. Now I'll tell you about me. I'm 15 years old. Jesse and I got married September 30th, 1993. So we've been married about six months. We met in May last year, 93, at a friend's house in Cedar, Utah. That's where I grew up. My parents, Elvin and Linda, two sisters that still live at home are Shelly and April. Shelly's 18 and April's 12. Last weekend, Jesse and I were in Salt Lake visiting Tanya and Derek and boys, Jesse's sister. And we traded in our car, a 1990 fully loaded Mitsubishi Eclipse, for a 1988 Lincoln Continental big car. Our other car was too little, and the insurance cost just a little too much. Jesse only had that car since August of 1993. And now we're home in Milford, Utah, a little town. And the only people we really know are Gina, Jesse's sister, and her husband, Paul. And Ashley, our niece. They live right upstairs. Paul owns a marble quarry, and that's where my husband works, just west of town. Jesse and I kind of like it here, and we can't wait for our beautiful baby to come. I'm sure that this, just reading the very beginning of of kind of being dropped into the middle of this story, 
brings up a lot of questions. So let's travel back in time to me as a 14-year-old girl. I was a cheerleader and pretty popular in school. I was a cute girl and had a lot going for me. I was super likable and I was vivacious and just had a lot of excitement to live life. And then a boy came sauntering into my life. And I found myself at 14 years old standing in the side bathroom of a gas station holding this pregnancy test in my hands. And it read positive. And I remember reading that and having millions of thoughts just race through my brain. And my boyfriend, Jesse, was on the other side of the door waiting for the results. And my whole life was changing. Jesse had told me that he was sterile. He also told me that if you really love someone, that doing something like that isn't wrong. And I was 14 years old. And all parts of me wanted to believe him, you know? I didn't tell my parents right away. We made a doctor's appointment and did a lot of that before I even told them. I was 15 years old when I sat across from my parents, and it was just after my birthday. And I sat across from them to tell them the news. I remember we actually told my mom first. My dad had already gone to bed. And, and I told my mom, and she kind of responded as though she had already known. And I think as moms, we just have that sneaking suspicion or that intuition. And then she went and woke up my dad and my dad comes out of a dead sleep and he comes out into the living room and finds out the news that his young daughter is pregnant. Out of a dead sleep, my dad's reaction has always been impressive to me. He put his hand flat right up against his forehead. And he just said, well, after taking a deep breath and being quiet for a few minutes, then he brought his hand down and he looked at me in the eyes and he really, no joke, said these words. Misha, you need to know that we are not the family that will send you to Texas for nine months to live with a distant relative so that we can pretend this isn't happening. You are our family and what you go through, we go through. And that very night we talked about how to handle what the world was going to do with my news. He said that all of us are going to find out who our true friends are. And he planted this idea in my head that if people were mean, judgmental, or talked bad about me, that maybe they hadn't been through something hard yet and that that's okay. But for now, not to pay them any mind. And he told me that this would be a time to find people who truly care for me and to grab onto those ones and to hold them tight. After we had that conversation, we started to talk about what was going to be best for this baby 
And we laid out all the options, even if they were options that I didn't want to maybe entertain. And I knew in my heart that I wanted to keep her. And that was just what my path was. I knew what I knew my path. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I'm not saying what's right for anybody else, but knowing how I felt inside, I knew that that was what was right for me. I wish my journal had walked through a little bit of those feelings and a little bit more about that process so that I could read back what I felt then. But even knowing now, I just look back and I go, man, my life would be nothing close to the same had I not gone through those things, had I not had the absolute pleasure of being Taylor's mom. So it's funny that the hard things in our life sometimes also bring the greatest blessings and the greatest opportunities for us to learn and to grow and to come out on the other end with more compassion and with more heart. Now I want to jump into a story of something that happened about five years ago. I was at the pool with my sister-in-law and there was a girl at the pool who was her friend and she had said to her, I guess, I guess woman at the pool. <laughs> I refer to all women and ladies as girls sometimes. So my sister-in-law turned to her friend and she was just asking her what her age was. And she responded and said, Cassie, I'm 33, but if you would have asked me three months ago, I would have told you I was 36. And then she went on to tell her the story of why she had inflated her age for 17 years. For 17 years, she had inflated her age so that the people around her wouldn't feel uncomfortable when they did the math. They wouldn't know how young she was when she had had her son. And I felt so happy for this woman. I felt so much freedom in her, her newly discovered comfortability inside of her truth. And I really thought about the how and the why. Why did she do that for 17 years? Why did she feel like she had to inflate her age? Because on the contrary, I've always been very open about my truth. And so this experience caused me to sit back and, and ask the question, why? Why was I like that? And I'll tell you why. It's because my mindset was different. I don't know the ins and outs of, of everything that went into her decision. Maybe it came down to the core of the support, the support system that I had versus what she had. For a minute, I want to jump into something that happened just one year ago when we moved into the house that we're currently living in. I was in the, the bathroom. It was, we, we had literally moved in. We had been in it for like a week. There were still boxes everywhere. And there were things, you know, we're still getting things hung up on the walls. And I'm in the bathroom getting ready for church that morning. And I hear this big crash. And I came around the corner to find that this art piece, which had um, different blocks of wood connected. And it was just all of this. It was a really cool piece. And it had crashed to the floor and broke. 
And my husband came around the corner and was baffled when he saw what I had hung this piece up with because the nail was not big enough. It was not big enough to hold, support, or sustain what had been hung on it. So it crashed. And the very next day, I came home from running a bunch of errands, the kind of errands that you run when you first move into a house, trying to get maybe some groceries or, I don't know, weird things that you never thought of. And I came home and another piece of mine that was hanging in my my bath, I mean my bedroom that had glass had crashed to the floor and there was glass everywhere. And the reason that this one fell is because I had hung it with a 3M hook. You guys are going to think real highly of me after this. <laughs> I hung it with a 3M hook and I thought that the 3M the 3M hook could sustain the weight. I didn't want to put a hole in this wall because it was a really beautifully done wall. And come to find out that the max weight limit on the 3M hook, the piece that I hung on it exceeded the max weight limit. And so it couldn't support, it couldn't sustain. And then that night, we were laying in bed, 2 a.m., heard the craziest crash upstairs. And my husband and I both ran up the stairs to find that this really huge mirror that we had hung on the wall above his desk, above his computer, all his equipment, it had fallen. And luckily, it kind of fell behind the desk in this little gap that was there. And it didn't fall onto all of his stuff, which was a huge blessing. But when we took the mirror out and we were inspecting what had gone wrong, there was a screw that was screwed into the back of the mirror that had held this mirror for years. And it must have just gotten compromised in the move, gotten bumped or, or, or pulled out or a little compromised so that it could not hold the mirror. It wasn't strong enough. All of the items on my walls in that crazy period of time when I thought I was going to go crazy and <laughs> I was redoing a lot of the work that I had just done, all of those items did not have enough support. So going back to the girl at the pool, I have no idea if she would report that the support she had in her life was adequate for the task. However, while I think the support was a huge part of why my mindset was different. I think maybe more importantly was the mindset of the people who supported me and what they thought and the influence they had in my life. My parents embodied the words they told me the first night that I told them that I was pregnant. They did not concern themselves with what other people thought. They put me first. They taught me that what other people think is really none of my business. And furthermore, they taught me that what matters most is what I thought about where I was going and what I was doing. That what I do in this life is between me and my God, and that this thought would put me on a course that would be far greater than worrying about what other people think. So today I want you 
to think of two things as your takeaways. I want you to be aware of the support that you need to give or maybe the support you need to receive. Think about it being adequate for the weight. And if it's the latter support you need to receive, I want you to think about this incredible song. You will be found. I don't know if you've heard it. It's on um, Dear Evan Hansen that was a play and now a movie. It's fantastic. But the lyrics read like this. Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere? Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Like you could fall and no one would hear? Well, let that lonely feeling wash away. Maybe there's a reason to believe you'll be okay. Because when you don't feel strong enough to stand, you can reach, reach out your hand. And oh, someone will come running. And then it continues to say that you'll reach up and you'll rise again. But there's a lesson in the lyrics that I just read you. Did you notice that the song suggests action on your part? To reach. When it says you can reach, reach out your hand. And I know that it's hard sometimes if you're struggling to actually reach out. But the people who love you need to know that you need them. And you have to use your voice. You have to communicate. It's not magic. I mean, sometimes it happens magically, right? But many times it's through our own communication in telling the people that are around us who love us, that we need help, that we need support. And it's actually the most mature thing that you can do is to reach out and say, Hey, do you have any words of encouragement for me? I'm feeling a little low. That's such a mature thing to do. So reach to the people in your circle, reach to the people in your family, reach to whoever you feel safe with. And if you don't feel safe with anyone, you can always reach to me. For real. And the number two takeaway that I want you to walk away with is, is that what matters most as you go through your trials is your mindset about them. The way that you think as you're going through them. And sometimes we have to rearrange that. Sometimes we have to hear that we're okay from an outside source. Sometimes we break that down with, you know, our family or friends, but we can also lend a space in our own thinking and our own researching to figure out that there's something about your trial that will a benefit you later in life, or maybe that there's an adjustment in your mindset that you can reach that will help you move through it. So when it feels foggy, look for it. Keep looking. You'll find it. And the number three, that's actually, this is kind of a bonus takeaway, right? Cause I told you to, but this takeaway is maybe the best takeaway from today. And it's simply to know that 
Who you're becoming is more important than who you have been. And because our stories help others, I wanted to ask you if you'll share yours. So please, if you have any insights, breakthroughs, or anything that helped you move through your day because of something that you hear on this podcast, then I would love it if you would share. I think our whole community would love it if you will share. So send your thoughts in an email to hello at myfriendmisha.com or you can DM me on Instagram and that's at myfriendmisha, M-E-S-H-A, myfriendmisha. And we'll take a minute in our upcoming podcasts to share your story with our other listeners. Also, this podcast can grow with your help. If you think this information or anything that we're going to get to in the future is helpful, then please share it with someone and then go and leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe so you can continue to get the mindset and encouragement that can help you get through your day. And one more thing, if you want to support this podcast in moving forward and you're on Amazon anyway, buying, I don't know, everything in your life from books to clothing to toilet paper, hey, if you could just do it through my link, then I'll get a kickback. And that would be a way that could help the podcast move forward. So when you shop, instead of typing in amazon.com, it's as easy and as simple as typing amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash my friend Misha. That would be a huge thanks from me. And one more thank you. Thank you for letting me walk through a small part of your journey with you today. Remember that as you take time for a mindset check, you have more power than you think you do. Until next time, my friend. Bye.